on the Spencer's the Pez, Goking out at the cons, Renaissance Fest, Watch anime chicks with inflatable breasts. You might be a Trekkie, <laughs> sit back and watch as the Uber geek goes and kicks it up a notch. Turn to the left to F in your dictionary and add this word to your vocabulary. Take a look, cause I'm the real McCoy. Damn it, Jim, I'm not a doctor, I'm just the definition of a fanboy, baby. Listen up, fanboys, it's the Fanboy Planet Podcast. Yeah, yeah, everybody, yeah! And here's your host, the Michael Keaton Mr. Mom for tonight, Derek McGaw. Oh, man, he pegged you. He pegged you. I know, make a visual reference on a podcast. Okay, yes. They're all visual references. Because today was 90s day, I'm dressed in a grunge fashion. This is Derek McGaw. That's what you think. I know, I make grunge look nerdy. I know, I know. You need a power tool. Really? I didn't know I don't have one. Derek McCaw, editor-in-chief of FanboyPlanet.com. We are coming to you from Elusive Comics and Games, 2725 El Camino Real, Suite 104, uh, in Santa Clara, California. Pop quiz. With me, of course, are the people that I cannot do without. And yet, Your I'd children like to are try. here? So that's true. Okay. Uh, sometimes it feels like that. Uh, of course, uh, to my left, I'm your power tool, Michael Goodson. Truer words were never spake. What? Uh, this is Lon Lopez from MoralLife.com. And, of course, Moral Arbiter, Moral Compass, and Sound Engineer, Rick Brett Snyder. Pleased to be here, sir. Nice. All right, we've got a lot to cover tonight. We've got comics news. We've got movies news. We've got TV news. We've got, as uh, happens, uh, seems a little too often lately, we have a little sad news that uh, that affects us. But Rick is the one who probably knows the most about the history and so forth of the game. Of course, this week we are we are podcasting on March fifth, and uh, you know what it, we don't got, Derek. We don't have any emails this week. We don't have any emails this week. But come we, on, people, we do. Step it up. Okay, so we need reader mail. Reader mail. Right come on, editor at fanboyplanet.com. Don't make us call you by name. Oh, that would be bad. What we do, uh, Stephanie. Have, oh, Stephanie, there you go. Uh, so Gary Gygax, the founder, the send creator, us a letter, Gary, if you're listening. The no. crea- go ahead and send it to it's, editor at fanboyplanet. We've moved on, Michael. Oh, as has Mr. Gygax. What? Uh, yes. Uh, despite the belief that he, on Futurama, where he guessed it as, a, as almost an immortal savior of the time stream, uh, he was not. The creator, co-creator or creator solo of Dungeons & Dragons? Co-creator, I just co-creator. read it today. Like co-creator, yeah. Uh, Dungeons & Dragons, which changed a young man's life. They took an obscure set of miniatures rules and turned it into a nighttime to morning experience for little geeks everywhere. Sitting around a table. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. There's a piece of the history I didn't know. There was a set of miniature rules before yes. Dungeons and Dragons. Yes. People were making miniatures before Dungeons and Dragons. I believe it was called Chainmail. Was the little uh, wow. like four by seven booklet. They were all four by seven booklets back then, and uh, guy uh, they basically took the miniatures rules and turned them into this imaginary role playing game. Nerds had small hands back then. Yes, they did. <laughs> yes. Wow, I mean, I didn't know that part of the history at all, that there was something that preexisted. Yeah, I'm old enough to actually have seen the white box on a shelf where I could have bought it for more money than I made in a week at that time. So, hmm. uh, Two pence. Yeah. So you, you spent a, a lot. A fortnight's worth of wages. Oh, my. 
uh, at the Blacking Factory. You spent a lot of your youth, or misspent a lot of your youth, playing Dungeons & Dragons, I take it? Actually not. I played other games, but I did have an appreciation for the system, and I have a lot of friends who have played it. I would, I, games are a hobby of mine, so I know a lot about it. So D&D. wait, for this generation then, I'm just, I've never played, so I'm curious. Is Dungeons & Dragons pretty much... The World of Warcraft of yesterday? It's yes. Not, it's, not been, it's been posited that clearly the people that designed World of Warcraft were all D&D players. Sure. Oh. You know, so it certainly had an influence. But at its heart, Dungeons & Dragons is about you know, making a character and acting and decide, making decisions the way that character would have made them. Hmm. And the combat system supported the fantasy world that you would be in. Because if you were walking around in a cave, you're going to run into something you're going to have to fight eventually. And so your character would have stats, and you'd roll mm-hmm. dice against it to determine whether or not you were successful in the combat, how much damage you took. And certainly that has influenced uh, modern video gaming. It's not a perfect transition, but certainly if you're in a role-playing video game. Well, if you're looking at a perfect transition, there is the online Dungeons & Dragons game, which actually you can bring up a window, and it shows you what your dice rolls for, were for anything you try and do in that mo- okay. multiplayer role-playing game. And a lot of the dungeon crawler video games use uh, D&D rules as their... As dun- the heart of it. Dungeon of crawler, it. you say? Dungeon crawl. Not not a not a that's not a game. That's it's a, a genre. reference oh, to oh, a type a of you know, a dungeon crawl is, is a game where there isn't a lot of role playing. It's just basically going through the dungeon mm-hmm. and killing things, like venture, collecting gold, like Gauntlet, Diablo. Like I played Diablo. I, I won in Diablo. Or I exactly. Well, yes. Diablo. Diablo is a big uh, is mm-hmm. fairly much of a dungeon. You game. know what my fondest memory of Dungeons and Dragons is. Did you guys ever see that uh, Freaks and Geeks I was episode? Say, that is absolutely when when James was Franco awesome. went and played, and he was Carlos yeah. the dwarf. <laughs> that was awesome. Yes, and we, you know, thank easy, you, Gary. Easy to forget that it uh, plays it figures in ET the Extraterrestrial as well. I've heard that. And, and uh, at the we, dinner table, the boys are playing Dungeons and Dragons as the monsters outside. And, they and, and look soon, we do have a video interview with Henry Thomas from WonderCon. So there's a nice there little tie go. in there. And we totally talked to him about Dungeons and Dragons, too. Totally forgot to, but that's okay. Oh, you're right. But uh, Gary Gary basically was fundamental in the success of TSR, an acronym. I can't remember what it, what it stands for now. It's a, it's a really... That sucks, Rick? No. Oh, okay. No. <laughs> Very good, though. Oh, <laughs> oh, Rick has been temporarily flummoxed. I was flummoxed. Um, but TSR in, in basically moved along and moved out, and he was not fundamental in the game's production and the revisions. It's up to revision 3.5 now, and they're about mm-hmm. to do a fourth version that will go more on the computer. Now, are they affiliated with Wizards of the Coast? It's they were bought by Wizards of the Coast a few years ago, which in turn were bought by, by Hasbro. Hasbro. So. But Gary himself, uh, in past years, has created other role-playing systems that, you know, they had mild success, had his name on it. And Dunhills and Dunkirks? No, not quite. I can't remember. I'm curious. What kind of dungeons were in this game? Are we talking kind of like fun dungeons, like they're in, like, San Francisco and stuff? Or? No. No? Um, oh. You, you Dirty... Well, yeah. Dirty? All right. I like it already. <laughs> I mean, that was, but that's the freedom of the game. If you're a dungeon master, didn't right. you have the freedom to create the dungeon any way you wanted? My you dungeon could. is filled with sunlight and flowers. The reality of it is it's a Deadly set of rules, flowers. and you could go through an entire campaign without seeing a dungeon or seeing a dragon. It's basically you could it could all be in a city or it could all be at sea. It could be across a desert Ooh. or whatever. Sailors and surgeons. It's no, whatever you imagine you want or to sturgeons. do. Or sturgeons. That would have one been a person, better one. One person at the table well, is responsible 
we can't just edit on the fly. I'm going to keep going on this. <laughs> keep yeah. going, Rick. One I'm person listening. at the table is responsible for for giving you the clues, the visuals, what's going on in the world, and everyone else reacts to that. So, so you're basically our dungeon master <laughs> for in the podcast. Way, more than way, more ways than you yeah. can. You and know, I think, because, despite the fact they didn't have the license to it, and I know it, 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 it sounds like a cheap plug, but I really think it captured the movie Gamers, which will be having a major re-release on May 6th. To home, uh, to home video from Monterey Media. Plug away. I am plugging because I'm sort of sponsor. Obviously, didn't capture it in uh, Dungeons and Dragons the movie. No. Yeah, I didn't see Dungeons and Dragons the movie. <laughs> yeah, how about was it was it in the name of the king any good? Uh, yeah. Wasn't there a TV show like in the eighties called like Wizards and Warlords or Wizards and Warriors? There or was something? Yes. live action, and then there was of course a, car- a there cartoon. There was a cartoon show, Dungeons and Dragons. Oh, I love well. that show, but every week I thought they were going to get home. I swear to God. That's as a, you as were a kid, four. yeah, to the and point was, that apparently people have hallucinated a memory that there is an episode in which they do get home. I thought there was an episode exist. where they they almost got home and they chose to stay or something. You know what it like is? Thundar actually went back into the modern world. I can't remember the name of the book series, but there is another. There's a book series that takes the same basic premise where some students get sucked into this other world where they they uh, they have to go through this fantasy. But they're they're 20th century students who are now in a fantasy world. But anyway, a lot of people uh, acknowledge that Gary Gygax was fundamental in a lot of the electronic uh, gaming industry. Right now, we mm-hmm. have we have games like Mass Effect and um, you know the World of Warcraft role playing. Uh, certainly, there wouldn't be a uh, World of Warcraft role, play, role playing game if there w- hadn't been Dungeons and Dragons being with. And so, so we say goodbye to Gary Guy. We do, um, yeah. So let's move on to comics and see if if I can keep Lon's head above water here. Today, a failure book, so far. Today, a book that Lon actually sort of predicted, Cable, Baby from the Future. They didn't actually call it that. Cable number one. That's my name, though. I'm trying to catch up on this post-Messiah complex, which we've complained about before. But So Cable number one came out today with art by one of Lon's favorites, Ariel Olivetti. Oh, he did the art? He did the art. Oh, I love him. And it's a really beautiful-looking book. And that's about all I can say for it. Did you read it? I did, did it have words? It did have a few words. Oh. Mm. One thing must not have been any good. Is no. there a plot, or does it just pick right up where Messiah Complex left off? He's in the future. He's like 40 years in the future, randomly landed there. and 40? Um, yeah. He's not like in the Age of Apocalypse or no. anything? No. No, it's just so they can create a whole new future Yay. world of their own. I will say that, that I didn't feel lost, that I hadn't read Messiah Complex, I do like that Marvel has that little first page thing just sort of giving the setup, and that's what it is. It's Cable with a baby. He ad nauseum repeats over and over, this baby is the future. And, uh, you in know, the future. In the future. This baby in the future is This the baby future. is the future in the past. Kind of, did, did they identify the baby's gender? In, it's, a, it's a girl. It's a girl in Messiah yeah. Complex. Okay, so yes, it is a girl. Um, and Joan Connor. And it's beautifully, beautifully drawn. Now, the speculation that it's sometime, somehow going to get tied back into Jean Grey. Oh, that's interesting. I think the one thing I'm going to say about Ariel Olivetti's art is that unlike, uh, and I can't think of who the guy is now that was drawing that new Universal for um, for Warren Ellis, uh, it's clear that he draws very different faces. You can't tell which celebrities he's modeling after, which I like that you can't. Rags Morales did the same thing with Identity Crisis, had cast certain people and then altered their features, whereas the oh, – now I wish I could think of uh, – the guy, the artist who did it for New Universal and has done a couple of other, um, Javier something. Anyway, um, 
I have a question. I'll think about it when it's way too late, but it's really clear who he's modeling. Like in New Universal, Justice is clearly Bruce Willis, and the guy uh. that's Josh Holloway off from Lost is clearly uh, Starbrand. You know, and it's like it's a little distracting when you see the celebrities they're modeled after. It's nice to see. Oh, I could buy into this artist somewhat realistic, and yet. I don't know who they are. That's a relief in some strange way. My question is this. Um, so we know that Cable's like the soldier from the future, and mm-hmm. he has all this training. Well, not and a hunter from the future, because that would be your. Okay. But uh, it would be mine? Right. Okay. Go ahead. So um, what kind of child-rearing skills does Cable have? Is well, he- they, well, he can change a diaper. Did they, the did they do it? They make that a, in page five. You know, I'm prepared for any eventuality. Does he lactate? Any eventuality. I was waiting for that. Can I really, he, can I really he heat the bottle the, with his magnetic arm? I thought with arms. the technovirus there was going to be something where he was breastfeeding. I <laughs> he was, grew a nipple. Uh, <laughs> secondary <laughs> mutation. <laughs> Wait, doesn't, doesn't com- Cable talk to like an onboard computer somewhere or something? No, I think that's gone. Oh, okay, lost that. Yeah, he used to have that. He used to have it. That it was would up be, in the orbit, though. That would be a great like plot story device. Like That was when he can teleport Computer, anywhere. what do I do? Well, the child-rearing books say this, you know, yeah, and then he has yeah. to, you know, funny. But Baby has the colic. Right. I think you'll have to invent that and launch into orbit again. Well, I'm just so. saying, Marvel, if you're listening. Why haven't I leaped yet, Al? Right. He needs that oh, other boy. framing device. But anyways. Yeah. That's oh. interesting, though. So maybe Cable has a secret family or raised children before, and we never knew. But you're saying that not much is happening in the book. It's just pretty. No, except that there's a, you know, of course, the last page, you know. There's a reveal. Finger. There's a reveal, and you're like, oh, okay, okay. And it really comes down to the, uh, Just so long as it's not apocalypse or sinister. That's, that's fine. It's strife. Okay, so far you're happy. Good. But the, the other thing that I'm really bothered by is his, strife, inner, yeah, is his, his inner monologue saying, you know, I always wondered what my purpose was. I'm like, really? Because I really thought going back in time and fighting Yeah, you had a purpose once a time. <laughs> you did. You did. I recall that. And yeah. Strife, yeah. Your Wait, evil twin. So yeah. his purpose is now to raise a child. Yes. And, that's a, and this is what I was sent back in time to do. No, you were sent back in time to fight Apocalypse. No, I can't recall that. Cable's midlife crisis. <laughs> All those weapon skills finally come. I was Suburban a commando. I was never complete until I became a mother. <laughs> so. My baby. Oh. Oh. Uh, Who's editing this book? I don't know. Does it even matter? No. It just doesn't. They're going to retcon it in six months you anyway. Know, and then again, I, I got this artwork. The baby's a scroll. It, which nice. is exactly what I was thinking. I got art today, and really, I just got this email from, like, Seek, what are the secrets of the power pack? And I went, I'm going to look at the art, <laughs> and it's going to be their scrolls. No, it's they got a new power pack series, and it's all fine and dandy and cartoony and stuff. But, but they I, got you jumping in but every I was shadow. Really, I was really going, like, there's going to be just this ridiculous Greg Horn painting of the of the power pack as scrolls Because I've gotten paintings of almost every other hero as a scroll. All right, power pack that you got... Is what's her name Julie Power a teenager or is she a child again? She's a child again. How do they keep doing? No, that? the Power Pack. Yeah, what Lon is referring to is there's yeah. a series called Is it the Loners? Runaways. Um, well, no, no, no. They worked in Runaways. They, they showed had, up in Runaways. They showed up in Runaways and then they had their own team, Excelsior. They they were called Excelsior for Excelsior. a while. Excelsior. But the series I think was called the Loners, and the idea I was right. the, I, I think I a mini series. And the idea in that was appearing in runaways that, that that kids that former teen superheroes had grown up. It's like being a child star in Hollywood. There are support groups for former child stars, uh, and this was for former teen super or child superheroes. And among them was Julie Power, who was like established as being twenty two or twenty three, and out there trying to be an actress. And then they started 
I just think that anything with Power Pack now, if you see it as Power Pack, exists in its own little child-friendly universe. That's how you. Can or have did Runaways was Runaways in current continuity? No, this is, is this is going to be some Marvel editor in two years is going to. Hey, you know we've got Julian two problem. We're going to have to have him meet and resolve it. Oh dear Lord, I hope not. <laughs> Anyway, it's kind of bizarre that, you know, of course, it would be funny at the Power Pack. Where I'm trying to think of other, like, totally bizarre heroes that would be, that would be uh, Skrulls. I, you know, it's just, but that was really my reaction. I'm like, I'm tired of getting all this, this Skrull artwork. I'd like to get into that. Uh, let's get it over with let's already. Let's get it over with. Let's find out who they are. Just like Final Crisis. I'm so, ready. I'm ready for okay, Final Okay, you know. have the Skrulls destroy the Marvel Universe. Don't care anymore. Fine. Let's get it past it so we can do whatever's Fine. coming next. Sure. Fine. Just exactly. make the ultimate universe. It's not like I've got a lot of work to do. On. You know what would be a rad concept? No, Is if tell us. all the Marvel Universe were scrolls and they had a big and fight. None of them knew. No, no, no. And they had a <laughs> big Except for one last man. No, no, no. no. And they had the Why? big fight. They all kill each other and die. And then the Marvel Universe that we all know and love actually starts. You know what I'm saying? Like the one we know that happened is destroyed and gone, and now they can reboot. You know what I'm saying? So a young Peter Parker takes inspiration from a scroll Spider-Man right. to become Spider-Man. Right. Gotcha. Exactly. They could totally I'm do confused it. Confused by that? <laughs> it's sort of like what happened when Marvel bought Malibu Comics, and that's what with Prime. Prime became Spider Prime after crossing over. Wow. That was sad. That's a stretch. Okay. Yeah. Anyways, a next book topic. you'll never see reprinted. Um, one guy that's been doing a lot of independent work that that I've enjoyed. I don't know if you guys you guys read Fear Agent. Yes. No. Yes. You like Fear Agent? Yes. And Doll and Creature. And uh, I can't remember what else. He's currently writing XX Zombies, the the uh, zombie film set in the porno industry. Right. I, I, Negatory. You should be reading that. I read it's the not first triple X Zombies. Well, I'm just XX Zombies. No. It's okay. Uh, maybe. Rick Somehow Remender. the premise doesn't work as well as you might think. No, although it was really funny when she went for a Yeah, anyway. Okay. Um, <laughs> I laughed. I inspired myself. Um but Rick Remender, who wrote all those books, and a really good kind of out there writer, uh, gets his shot at the big time. Although it's weird to me that that is, you know, no matter how out there they are and how cool they are, everybody has a price in which they're willing to work for DC or Marvel. And uh, Rick Remender is now writing the all-new Adam. Yeah, well, a shot of the mainstream. Even no matter how successful Fear Agent is, which has, you know, there are movie talks. Dark Horse has it. It's a good, you know, it's a it's a good seller. It's still not nearly going to touch what a book like The Atom will in terms of sales and in terms of royalties. Is anybody reading The Atom? Is that any good? Do yeah, it's actually, it is really good. It's an interesting, um, they kind of made it almost like an Ivy Town. I dropped it when they brought that Inside Out guy out. And that was a gross. I yeah. I stopped, I stopped buying it at the that story point. I picked it up from time. Uh, well, they basically turned Ivy Town into something like a DC Universe equivalent to uh, Sunnydale of the Hellmouth. It's just all kinds of weird things go wrong with both physics and magic, and it all kind of coalesces, it's become almost the nexus of all realities in Ivy Town. And you've got this guy who doesn't really know so how the swamp powers work. Things going to show up there. Man thing would be. Right? Thing. Well, swamp, you can't get Swamp Thing back into the regular DC universe for reasons I still don't understand. But if it's a nexus of all realities, I think you can. I have a question about identities in DC universe. Mm-hmm. Hit me. Um, how? Okay, so Ray Palmer in Identity Crisis just disappears, and, and he's is crucial to Countdown. Is Ray Palmer identity publicly known as the Atom? Yes, it was exposed in the Sword of the Atom miniseries. 
in which he uh, so the world I guess the world, the world at large knew that the world knew that knew Ray he was the, was the Adam. Well, they knew he disappeared because yeah, he, what he did was he shrunk down and he went permanently. They were going to take this barbarian approach. He was living with a with a race of tiny people, and so it was a play on the old. So uh, Norman Brawler, the thinly disguised caricature of Norman Mailer, wrote a book. With, with his cooperation that exposed all the secrets because he figured he was never coming back to civilization. So it was okay. And that way Gene Loring would be taken care of with the royalties mm. and be Okay, right. well, okay. So here's my question. Um, and oops, he came back. So Ray Palmer takes off. Mm-hmm. Some other guy can shrink and do whatever. And he all of a sudden just starts calling himself the Atom? But he's really, he has, uh, he, he there is him. a tie-in. He, yeah. he knew him. There was a protege of Ray Palmer's, and Ray bequeathed the equipment to do it. But yeah. did he bequeath the name and trademark yes. and everything? Yeah. Okay, yes. all right. Yeah. Left him a uniform. That was actually that explained was, in the name. all various Some gadgets that he hadn't had and that would, And that would makes, that's what makes the new Atom, is it, uh, I know his last name is Choi. Is it Mike Choi? Uh, no, that's an, art, that's that's an, an artist. artist um, but that's what makes it kind of interesting is that he – that Ray Palmer has chosen him to be the Adam. He is unsure about doing that. That's his name, Cho Sen. Cho Sen. Okay. Uh, that, he, that he's unsure about doing it. And so it's given him, without being the kind of like what the mistakes they made with Kyle Rayner early on with Ion and with the, the, the kid Jason Rush as Firestorm, he's not bemoaning the fact that he doesn't know how to use these powers. Oh, it's just he's actually, because a scientist, it's, it's, oh, cool. I can do this. Hmm. Think my way out of this. But he's not. He's not really trying to be a superhero. Ryan Choi. That's his name. Ryan. Right. Ryan. Okay. Yeah. He's Did not the, trying to be a superhero. But because of what's happened in Ivy Town, he has to keep doing that. Yeah. I'm sorry to jump off the topic again. You just mentioned the the firestorm. Didn't that book just end? That book got canceled and is being worked out. Uh, whatever dangling plot threads are being worked out in both Countdown and Justice League of America. Are they going to bring back Ronnie Raymond, do you think? Or? Uh, Ronnie Raymond died. Don't think they so. They made that. <laughs> I know. And I know, you're saying I know. But, you know, one book Hal that, Jordan one died. One book that has survived a complete identity change that's kind of surprising. The All-New Adam's doing pretty well. But I was surprised, too, because I think I had the same reaction. I was afraid Blue Beetle was nearing cancellation. But I've been reading that. It's a really good book. Mm-hmm. And... It made the news, the comics news this week, because the writer who had started it with Keith Giffen is leaving, but he has like this whole on plan. It, it's in its third year, and I hadn't realized that a third year for a new superhero is really rare. And Did, he got, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm just waiting for an opportunity to throw this in. Did you read the Booster Gold issue with the Blue Beetle core? Yes. And the one panel of all four of them crossing the street? It's like it's the Beatles, <laughs> the Abbey Road. It's an Abbey Road cover. <laughs> That's funny, Maka. But yeah, I mean, it, it, and that character, like Mark Wade, used him in Brave and the Bold, and there was a, love the, that issue. And, yeah, and John Rogers, the writer, asked Mark Wade, "Why'd you use the Blue Beetle?" And it was kind of weird. I I hadn't really realized this. He said, "Because that character is the only character DC has right now that only has like two, three years of continuity." There's no, there's no baggage. You can you throw him, him up. You can throw him into a story, and you don't have to explain a whole bunch of backstory. Hmm. It's not like damage. You know, all the other teen heroes that right. they've got. You know, Kid Devil goes back thirty years. Uh, damage. Damage. Who is now Adam Smasher in the Justice Society oh, of America? Oh, I think I remember. Um, they should just have a teen hero called Baggage. And just have him there have is. years of continuity. He's done everything. <laughs> it's true. It's true. That is not a bad idea. But yeah, Blue Beetle is actually, and it is, they've built it up from that first appearance in uh, in '52. I think it, where they said, you know, like there's in two years they managed to explain this whole history 
well, where the the Owens don't like the you know the, the Blue Beetle, the Scarab doesn't respond well to Green Lanterns. Did that come out of Fifty Two or Identity Crisis? It wasn't out of Identity Crisis. It was after. Oh that's yeah, the Countdown was when Blue Beetle died. Right, right, right. Was shot, and the and the Scarab went to this right, kid. Right, right, Booster right, Gold right. took it, took him to took the Scarab there to beat Brother Eye. And they built this whole like alien invasion thing, and it's one of those I like those subtext things where you can reread other people's stories and realize, oh, there was this group over here kind of orchestrating things, which also explains why uh, Ted Cord could not use. They've explained why he couldn't use the scarab; he just kept it as like a souvenir of Dan Garrett, uh, who was the previous Blue Beetle. So why was that that he couldn't use it? Because he eschewed the technology. It wasn't meant for him. It's a weapon that is supposed to go in, and he wasn't biometrically uh, added up, and he just kind of put it away and compatible. never used it. And, and yeah, and Dan Garrett thought it was magic, and now, but he wasn't tapping into the full thing. It wasn't ready to to basically okay. pave the way Sprout. for an invasion. And so it was ready to pave the, pave the way for the invasion, but because of the kid, is it Javier, working to help stop Brother Eye, it got damaged. So it's the first weapon that has independent thought. And is bonded by with the kid's morality, and so it's kind of like it's actually it's almost like if Peter Parker were really, really, really powerful in the early days, if he were Superman, this would be it. And it's, it's a fun series, okay. And it's also you know diverse, ethnically diverse, and tied into the DCU very smoothly. It's a great unsung, undersung, but apparently selling well because DC's not canceling it. Can we get back to Lon's idea? I think baggage, baggage? should be a shapeshifter, <laughs> so that anytime you do a, you want to do a retcon. No, 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 that wasn't Superman. Yeah, that was that actually is. baggage. So you're saying it's kind of like the current secret invasion in Marvel? Yes. The scrolls. Only one guy. It's one guy. They were actually baggage. doing that with the with the member it's of Infinity Incorporated that yeah. that every man that Lex Luthor gave powers oh, to. Oh yeah, the guy that every was time, eating the other guy. Every time somebody died, it was revealed that every man had come back from the dead and disguised himself. So you know that's been their their all purpose excuse. Every kind time a hero dies, and he shows up someplace else. They go, oh, it was every man disguised. It's it's yeah. lame. So it was not me. <laughs> that's circus. a family circus, circus reference. Not me. I don't know. Okay. So, uh, on to lesser known and perhaps deservedly so titles. Last week, finally, I, now I, I know this, recall this from Comic-Con. I did read The Age of Insects. I was given this oversized book, big independent thing about, an, uh, about a parallel race of insectoids that look like humans. You mean the insectoids? The sectowers? Sectars, you're right. Insectoids. right. Uh, the insecticons. I remember I had all those. The cheap yeah. toys that were like bug men that flew on bugs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's not what this is. Oh, this is meant to be sort of a horror, science fiction, end of the world kind of thing. And I gotta say, it's oversized and expensive, and boy, they poured a lot of money into it because both Comic Con, Comic Con, there were buses walking, walking around, Wrapped. driving around with insecticons. Oh my gosh, <laughs> there were buses driving around that had the big placards for it, Age of Insects, and they've they've customized a van. They wrapped the vans. Yeah, so I've seen that at, at WonderCon. I saw that parked on the street outside of the Moscone, the Age of Insects van. I gotta say, it's a decent idea, but I think I mentioned it right after Comic Con was an indie book that that. It echoes Lon's complaints. There are indie books that have really good ideas, and the execution is just so bad because they didn't do any research. There's nothing realistic about it. At one point in this book, a kid escapes from these hunters, and he just sits down in a classroom at a high school. 
And the teacher takes that for granted and goes, hmm, the mute boy with no tongue. Uh, <laughs> so down. Well, you must be a transfer. Well, let us continue with class, class. And then the gunman bursts in. It's like, no, no one would ever would let a total stranger sit down. Not in this day and age. Yeah. I mean, they're not going to expect that he's an insect. What kind of research know. you have to do? <laughs> yeah. Really? You just watch have to the news. Watch the news. And it's just, yeah. And it has excerpts from. Do they fight each other with, like, raid? Like, how do they do that? With the- no. Because that'd be an awesome scene in the comic where they're all like, <gasps> and there's a, and there's at one point a character the the ostensible I assume would be the protagonist like plays violin and then so there's a comparison made to him playing violin like the crickets with their legs. You know? oh, so really, I read brother. that book Cricket in Times Square. It was adorable, but not so much as a horror book. Yeah, is his name Jiminy? I have to. What you're making me do is go back and find my <laughs> copy and reread it, and I just don't want to do that twice. Oh, okay. Uh, so. I gotta say, that's a ringing endorsement. Yeah, as nice as the guys were, if you say this oversized book with a great cover, Ben Temple Smith does the cover. Huh. I can't believe you know. You know, uh, Rick was earlier saying off air how much he likes Ben Temple Smith. What, what did Temple Smith do again? I, uh, I know that name. Uh, Thirty Days Night. Fell oh right, 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 right. Got it, got it, got it. And he's doing the new. Uh, uh, what's that book that you were showing me earlier? Um, no. Outer Space. Or, oh, oh, uh, Dead Space. Dead Space. The video okay. game tie-in. Yeah. So uh, you know. It's got a Temple Smith cover, so it would sucker you in. It's big. It's very slick. It's glossy. Don't buy it. It's not. It's just not well done. <laughs> That's our consumer warning for this week. Say, wow, that is right. my consumer warning for the week. Instead, find Insecticons number one in the dollar or bin here. buy Sectars, the action figures on eBay. Okay, sir. Um, I, I had the Christar figures, so I was into those. Mm. You know. um, Books that I, I don't know if I want to buy, but I do want to look at is apparently there's two dueling series of adaptations of the Bible in manga. Yeah! Dueling Bibles. Jesus. Finally, Jesus learns to throw fireballs at little kittens. I think that they're still in the Old Testament, but that's okay. There, there are prophecies. So is this all at once or issues? Are they- I think they're digest sequentially. I, you know, I don't think it's complete yet. Does, like, Adam fly through the air like whoosh? Like with like and the motion Vegeta. lines and, and stuff. Vegeta, yes. Vegeta, Vegeta. I don't know. Is that the name of the snake? Or Dragon know. Ball. Oh, okay. It's, no, that'd be I tried awesome. To, I tried to lay down like one of the few manga nice concepts try. I knew. Nice totally. And so, um, Adam, don't eat the apple. Aha, aha. That's, <laughs> that's anime, actually. That's but anime. You know, it's okay. Well, it's a radio oh, joke. Come on. Yeah, I, I do appreciate you trying. <laughs> May the Lord keep and bless you, Moses. Whiskey Ten Commandments. Aha, aha. Anyway, uh, that's all we have to what comment. What companies are doing these? Uh, oh. Who cares? <laughs> Some Japanese gun. Uh, are you going to rush out to buy your manga Bible <laughs> in digest form? I mean, wait till I the bought, omnibus. I bought the Larry Welts uh, History of the World stuff. So wait. Well, sure, that was good. Okay. So Japan's Nothing keeping the... Christianity alive for the masses? Oh, there's a big Christian community in the in Japan. Awesome. It's not just for Westerners. Oh, okay. It's a world. Do they have, religion. like, the Buddha book on manga, yes, too? Yes, they do. Sweet, I'm buying that one. That would be disrespectful. Oh, no, <laughs> except right. Japanese are often Shintoists and not Buddhists, so they don't really care. Kind of like I do, don't about this right. project. Exactly. So I just thought a lot that there were two going on. It's just like, what a same bad idea twice. So anyway, we move to. <laughs> we must clarify that it's not necessarily a bad. We don't really consider the Bible a no, bad idea. No, the Bible's not a bad Manga idea. Manga Bible. The. <laughs> We don't necessarily. Okay. Goodson's an atheist. He considers it a bad idea. There, I've said okay. it. It's out there. there you go. Complain to him. 
But those there are a lot of good I'll stories. Pray for there's, your soul. A lot of, there's a lot of hey, Michael. There's sex in the Bible. You know, there's. Uh, I've read it. Yeah. Okay. No, you. Man don't. shall not lay down with man. Ha ha. <laughs> oh, lordy. Uh, yeah. No, I mean I read the part. Oh, it's actually yeah. Yeah. not the whole thing. Deuteronomy translates the comics really well. I've never read manga, but do, do all their sentences end with ha ha? Uh-huh. No. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. I need to start reading manga, I guess. Yeah, no. A lot of the word bubbles have like three dots in them, indicating ah. uh, indignation or a failure. That's kind of like badly dubbed kung fu movies, where they always ended with "hmm," mm-hmm. like that. I will take your gold, Mister Chin. Mm-hmm. That was a dot, <laughs> dot, dot. That they yeah, the that's the yeah. dot, dot, dot. Well, mm-hmm. you know, it is translating, and it's different cultural acceptance, I guess. I did hear, by the way, that that Batman manga that we said was coming out that they're lowering the price to two ninety nine. So wow, and it's not even out yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it was going to be like a you know more manga size, and they're going to make it a little more mainstream. Oh, they're going to do like a phone book size. It was going to be a prestige. It was going to be prestige. No, the the manga, the the, uh, show and jump is really thick. It's like an inch thick. (laughs) They were going to do it as a prestige format, and now they're just kind of lowered it, and 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 so they can make it two ninety nine. Because I think what they're really trying to do is see if. See, that's wrong. They if, should do it like a real, authentic Japanese manga. Do it on cheap paper and make, you know, just page after page that moves them like three feet in the uh, And And we read story. it backwards, too, right? But speaking of manga, there's movie news that is manga and anime related in that uh, we talked to, when last time Aaron Frost was here, we were talking about Dragon Ball with uh, Chow Yun-Fat uh, in, in the film adaptation. And it has been pushed back. Uh, apparently, and I and I, I think apparently nobody cares about Dragon Ball anymore. No, no, I think I think this is good in a in a strange way that they're trying not to compete with too many other projects that are of similar fan base, so that each movie maybe has a chance to survive. Rick doesn't care about Dragon Ball. I don't really care about Dragon Ball, but people do. I don't really on. care. But it has been moved back to 2009, and we didn't talk about it on the air that it was the same thing Paramount did with Star Trek. Realizing they yes. make more money if they now that one I care about and I think it's a good move because they were realized they weren't ready they weren't going to be ready for Christmas they're not going to rush that's it. not the story they said yeah well yeah I know that's probably what was really happening but what uh, did they say <laughs> no they said it was because they'd make more money in the summer which I do also believe is true I think they'll make more money with a better quality film too yes but they were originally going to release it on Christmas wow. Christmas well what did John Cho say about it when you talked to him at WonderCon he said he couldn't say a doggone thing thanks a lot. Harold JJ would kill him, uh, JJ Abrams. So yeah, well, one day we'll get that video interview done too. We're still and JJ Abrams. Anybody out there got a beta ways. SP deck? We were in desperate need of a beta SP deck. Anyway, um, so that's been moved back. There we go. There are rumors of casting. It's long been known that Anthony Michael Hall was on the set of The Dark Knight and uh, shot some sort of cameo. The rumor has leaked this week that we know we have the Joker. We know we have Two Face. What other villain would you like to see, Michael Goodson, to totally overload? Hugo Strange! The Penguin! Anthony Michael Hall would not be a good Hugo Strange. He'd make an awesome penguin. <laughs> would he? No. No. Oddly enough, he's... Talia, rumored- daughter of the demon. Oh. He's rumored <laughs> to be Floyd Lawton. Deadshot. Oh, I lo- Oh, I thought you were talking about the barber from Mayberry. Floyd. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Dark Knight. <laughs> <laughs> Trim. <laughs> Hi, Andy. May I trim your cape, Alfred? Fabulous. Uh, anyway, so I just made a Floyd the Barber joke. Wow! And I'm still in my 30s. Shut up. Deadshot. Yes. Deadshot. Uh, okay. That's a, you know maybe setting up. Uh, I mean, I like the idea. 
Well, uh, stop right there, Derek. Of cameos. From you know what? why this rumor is going on, Why don't is you? this rumor going on? You're spreading it. Well, that too. It's viral. No, but the pictures have leaked. Or I shouldn't say, well. I didn't see pictures. No, 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 no. no. They're talking. Okay, sorry. The Batman manga that's coming out before the Dark Knight movie is um, supposed to bridge the Batman, gap. Batman Gotham Knight. Ah. Right. Yes. And that's supposed to bridge the gap between Batman Begins and, and Dark, Dark Knight. Knight. Yes. So if that's connected to the movie and people see that Deadshot is actually in this transition movie, mm-hmm. maybe people are putting two and two together. Because the Scarecrow out. is very clearly in a couple of shots. So uh, – and by the have way, we, do we know if he's back in this one? Or uh, there have been rumors, but I haven't heard a thing about Killian Murphy actually being there. But do I you like want to the, see my math. I'd be happy if he didn't. I like the idea, though, of bringing in again because I've said before. Like I like the idea that that we there are adventures we haven't seen in between movies. That things have gone on, and there are sure. other, especially because Batman Begins does end with the implication that there's a reason for all these people to need to be in Arkham Asylum because the fear gases change them. Uh, so you know, I've always liked that touch. I don't mind if they overload, as long as they're not like trying to split and tell three villain stories at once. Say, oh, Deadshot, I'll throw it away, like they did in Batman Begins, because Mister Zays was in it uh, very briefly. So you know, they they had put in these kinds of cameos. So that's cool. And yeah, the Batman Gotham Knight. I should say, so far we are we lucked into. I think we're the only site that actually has an interview with Bruce Tim about Batman Gotham Knight. He's here. Um, anyway, we were like, thanks to comicstofilm.com for actually... Thanks to who? Comics to Film, who uh, Rob Worley runs that. He linked to it. We so like we them. had a, we had like a big spike of traffic because Rob was gracious enough to... Then, of course, there's talk of Transformers 2, which I... I are you excited about Transformers 2? Michael Bay's, I think Michael Bay's going to get fined. That guy's like totally feeling like he's above the law because he's given interviews where it's admitted that during the writer's strike, he was... Writing the script. Cute. Michael Bay doesn't <laughs> care. He's bigger than Hollywood. You want to hear a funny Michael Bay story? Sure. Tell us I have a subscription way. to Playboy. And I don't know if any of you guys read Playboy. <laughs> funny so far. No. In uh, the first couple pages, they always have like this, like both-sided pages where it's kind of like pictures from the mansion. And they're always like all the parties and they always show all the cool celebrities that are hanging out or whatever. Yeah. And I swear to God. Michael Bay is at all the parties, right? Because mm-hmm. he's always – they have a little you know, key at the bottom, mm-hmm. you know, so-and-so with this playmate. Well, see, blah, James blah, blah. Conn can't do that anymore. So right, Michael right. Bay guys but here's Ratner there a lot too. I don't, I'm Red not Ratner's sure. He's one or twice, but once or twice. But the funny thing about all the Michael Bay pictures and all the Playboy things, he's always got like his shirt off or his shirt open, you know, and all these pictures. Everybody else is wearing normal clothes and everything else. Have you seen the commercial with Michael Bay where he blows stuff up? He's he's saying I'm Michael Bay and I like things extreme and he pushes a button and something in his backyard explodes. No, I haven't seen no, that. Oh, this is fabulous. He does like eight or nine explosions. What I don't remember. Really I know. don't remember. All I know is this guy's an egomaniac and he well, loves himself he and he do. loves taking off. Okay. He's like the Matthew McConaughey of directors. I mean, he doesn't he doesn't like wearing a shirt. But and he appears in all his movies. Go. He's a he, I suppose he's a reasonably good-looking guy, and he's an extremely wealthy director. Yeah. And he loves him some him. And the ladies love them Ladies some him. love getting in movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, all right. Let's not... Well, Especially okay. ones that don't require a lot of acting talent, yet people still go see. When and Peter blow talks up. about Paul, we learn more about Peter than a Paul. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me again. You subscribe to Playboy... And I read it just for the article. Dear Playboy, I never thought I'd be writing a letter like this. In the basement, yes. Mm -hmm. Moving right along. (laughs) Picked up another odd little thing, and I'd kind of be 
interested to see this. Jamon Hansu, who was Papa Midnight in Constantine, not Constantine, uh, was in Blood Diamond. I think he was Oscar nominated. Uh, hey, was he in Transformers? Was mm, no, no, that was Tyrese, I think. Anyway, he gave an interview. I can't remember which genre well, film he is in right now. Oh, no, he's in Tintin. He's uh, going to be in the I Tintin I thought that was a rumor. No, he is in Tintin, but he says he's in talks to play the Black Panther. I read something different. What did you read? On Chud, they were reporting he had a dream project involving with the Conan movie, the Conan franchise. Did you read that? No. I'm no, no, no I'm serious. Out. That's what I, I read that. Well, there's on, a there's a Chud. There's a Robert E. Howard Brule the Spear Carrier. Well, spear see, that's the thing. They, they were saying that in no, this. No, seriously. No, <laughs> I believe you. In this interview. I think the title may be changed a bit for yeah. film. No, in this interview, Chud, the guy from Chud, was reporting that. He had one of his, like, staff cub reporters had a phone interview or a live interview recorded. And then he had said something about doing his dream project, blah, blah, blah. And they kept going over and over the, the thing. And he, he swears the guy said Conan. And they're not sure if he's doing a Conan comic or... Or the Conan O'Brien show? Mm, well, I don't know. Uh, but, his dream uh, was to guest star on, on Conan O'Brien. But anyway, so that was the rumor I okay. heard. So I don't know if there's well, anything like connected. But, but I'll be honest, is that... Uh, Almost every black actor in Hollywood under 40 wants to play the Black Panther, especially now whether you like Do they the, want to be or are they just getting thrown that because there's a Black I Panther they, script laying around no, somewhere? I no, think, I think that it's wanted. And the reason being is... is what the, a great character to play. I mean, it, well, it, it is. It depends what, it what and, version they go and off you, of. And, and every actor that's trying to get a really good foothold wants to have a franchise. Mm. It's a good franchise. And the way... The uh, book has been written lately. I'm not a big fan of Reggie Hudlin's work writing it, but he has at least, I think, not necessarily redefined, but gotten the Black Panther back to a place that Jack Kirby and Stan Lee probably really I intended just, originally. I don't, I, I don't know about that, but here, go, you go and I'll go after you. I was going to say, I think that's one character who has not had a bad version. I think that that all of them had to have their merits and have all been good stories. They've been very divergent. Well, I, I want to go against Derek and say that I think what brought Black Panther back to prom- prominence, is that the word? Sure. Yeah. Well, that's a big one. The Christopher Priest relaunch was amazing. Yes, um, and it doesn't get respect, and I hate to be the one saying that because Gibson knows the I fact really have that, not enjoyed anything by Christopher Priest. True. But, that, but I that, liked his Black Panther. That mm-hmm. Black Panther brought the character to like major player status where he was kind of in the books as a B-list character. Right. And I really think... Priest's relaunch and, and you know, but that. it even explained why he might have been considered a B list character before, kind of like right, right. watching and standing back. Right, he was, letting, he was yeah. letting that, yeah, right, and that was be. all from that arc. So I think if they're ever going to do a Black Panther movie, they've got a perfect outline in that Christopher Priest story with the whole what was his his the agent that had to follow him around yeah I can't remember the character's name but yeah agent like Howard I mean that's great that's a script right there you've got your outsider with your thing I mean it's perfect I don't think he I I, I wouldn't do it with any of the Marvel continuity in it I'd do it strictly with Tonkin with Tonkin um, story there were a lot of great stories where he never never even left his homeland well it's easy to yeah it's easy to adapt adapt without getting into the greater thing it's just interesting last week was a Black Panther annual where it was a future, a story set in the future where basically everything that Black Panther was doing was basically to secretly take over the world. Mm. And <laughs> so it was, you know, like the disagreements I've had with the character recently is like I do feel that the Storm uh, romance was something like, oh, no, it's always been there. It was a real really? retcon, yeah. Never really seen that before. Yeah. Scrolls. Scroll. Did you read the issues? Dang it. Did you yeah, read the Storm? I, I did. I did. And I just found them ridiculous. 
Uh, I, you know, I don't know why. I just All I know is that. if they ever do his origin, you got to have Claw. Yeah. Oh, I want to see a movie version I'll of Claw. Catch you, Black. <laughs> That's exactly how I want him to sound, too. No, not Dr. Claw. I, yeah. Uh, Ulysses S. Claw. Isn't that his name? S. Claw? Ulysses Claw? Yeah, I don't, yeah, know, if okay. I don't know if it was S. That was the president. He's right? the man made of Very sound. Good. Yes. Uh, and you could do without the goofy outfit. You know, and you're right. There's a, there's a villain that could absolutely be done without... Without making it, you got to have the trope. giant like because, sonic hands. It's got the tie into vibranium. It's and, got, yeah, and know. there's a non superhero reason for the Black Panther to be dressed like the Black Panther. Ceremonial. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. Yeah, it would be a great script, a great, sure. a great film. As long as they don't make him look like he did in Ultimates too. I didn't like that. Where they gave him like a, a cowl mask with the face. Like yeah, he's got to have his whole face covered. Which actually debuted first in the Ultimate Avengers animated. Uh, the, That's the, what I meant. Ultimate Avengers two. The I meant the movie. movie. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Well, yeah. Oh, did I say Ultimate. Well, Avengers? they were trying to they were trying to up, update and at the same time pay homage to the original Kirby costume. Yeah, because yeah, the original he had, did have a, had like a half cowl and uh, a half yeah. cape behind mm-hmm. him, and yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So there we go. And speaking and also, sorry, one more thing no, on this. Go ahead. Go the, ahead. the priest version also brought in the whole technological aspect of the Black Panther's costume, mm-hmm. whereas before it was always just a ceremonial. He was just this dude in a, in a tights or whatever. And the priest one, you know, they, he gave him shooting dagger lasers and claws that he could climb. You know, the build, you know, and actually kind of made it more plausible that mm-hmm. this guy could be super heroic in this ceremonial garb yeah. or whatever. So I, I really thought. That could transition well to the screen, but I could I could also like to say because I've noticed this a lot in Marvel in that Black Panther annual. I think really bad art design and an editor not catching stuff. In the future, they have an old thing with a long white beard. How would the thing grow a long white beard? It's a paste it's like on. Tetris. It's like in it's like in Ed McGinnis drawing Doc Sampson, whose very name implies he has long hair with a crew cut. And in that miniseries where they made him like Doc Savage. A couple years ago, I mean, no. you know. just because his name's Doc, we can't compare him to you know all the other Docs in the world. Well, no, he's right. Repar- he's comparing him to Samson, the biblical character. No, uh, Lon knows that he's he was trying to troll. Okay. So you're saying though that comics haven't evolved in the 30 years since you've read comics in the 70s, and That's not what I'm continuity saying, hasn't I just changed, think I just, and uh, it has a lot. I'm that just a saying guy that- can't cut his hair. I'm just saying it's part of the character identity. If you're going to go make the big deal of him being Doc Samson, no, no, not no, 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 Doctor no. Leonard Samson, it's part of the character's continuity. And in nowhere else, nowhere else in the Marvel universe is Doc Samson portrayed that way. I'm just saying if they can retcon Spider-Man's whole continuity, they can explain why Doc Samson can cut his hair. That's all I'm saying. Why he doesn't wear a lab but coat? But they didn't because actually, if you re- have you read the Hulk, is he actually a doctor? Yes, he's a psychiatrist. Oh, is it? come on, every we know that's not a real doctor. It, I'm just kidding. Oh, but. Lordy. <laughs> if you'd like to help Lon and you're a psychiatrist, please. I just need a haircut. And our pain. Is that all we have? Uh, well, <laughs> speaking of docs, of course, you had a chance to listen What's to, up, doc? to uh, oh, yeah. the podcast of, I can't remember what Doc's last name is. I don't remember either. Uh, uh, but, Samsonite. But Legends of Science Fiction, uh, Heroes he, of Science he Fiction refers himself as Doc, and it's uh, Heroes of Science Fiction and Fantasy, a podcast so, that apparently comes out with every couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Available uh, on iTunes. Yep. 
He's, uh, I listened to the 20th, I think it was, episode he's got out there. Okay. And I listened to... Apparently we're mentioned in number 14, so... Uh, oh, we are. Yeah, okay. Back. I didn't listen to 14. I listened to the most recent one, and I went back and listened to his first one, so I can compare... Was I in the most recent one? I know. I'll be figuring the next one. Uh, maybe. So anyway, a podcast... Um, much like this is a podcast, something you download from iTunes. <laughs> this is a podcast? This is a podcast. Doc's podcast is one voice. It's just him. Mm-hmm. But he does a lot of... Lucky him. A lot of video... <laughs> a, lot, <laughs> a lot of video audio clips. He clips from movies. He clips from um, from television to intersperse with his commentary. Mostly what he does is he looks at stuff that it may not be... He might do something that is current, but a large portion of his show is stuff that might be like a year or two old or really old, back to the 50s, and, and, show, and gives in-depth and thoughtful analysis of these uh, properties. So in a couple of shows, he's done, I've listened to him do uh, Mad Max. A review of Mad Max, and a lot of he goes back and finds a lot of trivia about the films or about the books mm-hmm. or the series. He talked about Iron Man, and so he gave a very nice summary of the Iron Man story, and even uh, stuff about how Stanley had invented him based on Howard Hughes. And you know. mm-hmm. anyone who enjoys our podcast would probably enjoy his, but for a different reason. Whereas we really concentrate on what's happening now and what the news is for this week or what's coming up in the. In the future he's looking more in depth at individual bits that may not be current may be older and i, I find find well, his production to be very nice he, his editing is is well done it you know he's he's much more casual in his discussion um that uh that you, i mean you could uh you can listen more to of an for essay now. type show like uh, this american Life, definitely perhaps, definitely like you can tell he's kind of like it. a blog almost yeah Perhaps more. Derek's got it. It's more of an essay. Mm-hmm. He's he sat down and write written out his uh, his stories ahead of time that he he's decided what what, what he's going to do. And he also planning ahead. No, at sir. the end no, no, of at again. the end of every every episode, he says what's going to be in the next one. Wow. We have no way of knowing that because who knows what will happen in a week. Well, we can't predict the future. This wasn't meant to be a criticism. Well, I of, can. I'm yes. taking it as one. And I well, you I enjoyed are too it. Sensitive. I will continue to listen, Doc. Excellent. And we do uh, we do repeat our offer to come on down, absolutely, be on the microphones, absolutely, and we'll take you out to dinner afterwards at any of the wonderful venues I, I we didn't frequent. Sign on for that part, yeah, <laughs> I did. Did. Uh, so Doc, why don't you shoot me an email? You have you have, apparently have my card. So, <laughs> uh, so that's that's great. It's good. To Where know. can his yeah. podcast be found? Rick? It's a it's a URL that uh, you get your pencil out. Sure. Okay. www Heroes of Science Fiction and Fantasy, no spaces in any of that, dot com. Okay. Derek, you're my hero of science fiction and fantasy. Thank thank you, Lon. I wish that it sounded sincere. Uh, this weekend, we are, we'll transition a little bit to television. Thank you, Rick, for that and listening. Um, that uh, Lon has already said he's got to set his, his recorder because this weekend's a big weekend for cartoon adaptations of, uh, of our Hooray! Heroes. You know what else i got to get for this weekend? What? A giant bowl of cereal and milk because that's how I enjoy my cartoons on a this Saturday is, we're morning. We're talking like and two footy and a, pajamas. We're like talking two and a half hours. You've got a Legion of Superheroes with the origin of the Legion, the, fa- the, the forming of the Legion. You've got an hour-long finale 
uh, series finale, unfortunately, for, for the, the Batman, Batman, which is finally, I thought, kind of hit its stride. Wasn't that finally show. getting good, and now they're ending yeah, it? Yeah, and now they're ending it after, uh, like, a first season, which I fi- kind of found unwatchable. And then I went back into the fourth season. I got the DVD, and I was like, wow, this show has gotten so yeah, I started much watching better. the third season going, Derek's crazy. This is good. Yeah. Well, it doesn't mean I'm not crazy, but you know, it's uh, there, and they're ending it with a, a with a, a villain from the end of the fourth season coming back to uh, kidnap all the Justice League. So it's all the non-powered heroes: Batman, Green Arrow. Uh, because they've Robin. slowly brought the Justice League into mm-hmm. the Batman. This season has really been about the formation of the Justice League. And the last one in the greatest crossover tradition is uh, what? The cartoon know. you're on the oh. Spectacular Spider-Man. All on the same channel? Absolutely. Jinkies! Uh, and I've got lots of interviews uh, from WonderCon about uh, Spectacular Spider-Man. I spoke to the guy who's voicing Spider-Man. I spoke to Venom. Talked to the head of Sony's uh, programming. You mean Venom, the contributor to our show for many weeks? Y- yes. Uh, he's I not here. Your brain. He's not here tonight. He's but, not uh, here. Yeah. But I spoke. Ben Ziskin is the name of the kid. And it is, I feel like an old man there. He looks like a kid playing Venom, where they are taking in a lot of the best of what Ultimate Spider-Man did and adapting it to. I like the premise that this is a few months after uh, Peter Parker has become Spider-Man. He's been fighting nothing but taking on like burglars and and you know thieves and so forth, and then he hits his first supervillain, and it's the series going to chronicle that kind of becoming. He thought it was kind of easy, and now suddenly the supervillain is starting to pop up. First one's the Vulture. Uh, voiced mm-hmm. by Robert Englund, which is kind of kind of neat. Robert so, Englund, who was Freddy Krueger, Freddy Krueger, right. yeah. And then the second one is Electro. Um, so, but they're going to build a Venom in because they're taking Wasn't that part. That the same thing that uh, that when MTV did the series, Neil didn't Patrick they, Harris, didn't they do? As didn't they Peter do, Parker? Didn't they do the Vulture first and then Electro no. as well? I, well, I don't know actually because I, I didn't see the episodes in order. Although so. that was more of a continuation of the movies, yeah. And yeah. and Sony apologizes for that. Uh, I actually like it. Finally, yeah. The head of programming actually in the interview is like they you won't know, apologize no, for the root he, kit. He, he, didn't, he didn't like he didn't like what happened uh, with that series. And Greg Wiseman the, is the producer. He's the guy that created Gargoyles. He's running the show. And uh, so an underrated, an underrated story. Cur- animated, yeah, which now he's also writing the uh, comic book continuation for Slave Labor with, Graphics. Didn't Sean Connery do a voice for Gargoyles? Good Lord, did he? Sean Connery did a voice for No, I think it was David Keith was the main David one. David Keith he? was the main one, but I, maybe Sean Connery did. There's I think con- it was actually Jay Moore doing Sean Connery. Oh, how embarrassing. Uh, no, it was Jay Moore doing Buddy Hackett. Doing Sean he Connery. He does a better Buddy Hackett. Okay. Oh, the point is, we've got this spectacular Spider-Man coming up, and I'm kind of looking forward to it. And what channel will all of these That's going to be on the CW. Be- and I asked them. So what? Uh, the CW? That used to be the Swap. WB? Kids WB. I asked that they had a programming. They've done uh, they've done twenty six episodes, but the CW is only going to show thirteen. And we know that they're not going to continue the Kids WB next fall. They're going to do like little kids programming, educational stuff on Saturday morning. So like Baby Einstein stuff. Yeah, I love that cable cable. Baby so we're going to be yeah cable babies. That's lovely. Uh, that uh, we're, they're going. They promise that you know all those episodes will be shown someplace. They'll find a place. Cartoon Network. Birth. Probably card. I think that likely they end up on Cartoon Network. But the intent is to go five, six years. And what I've seen of it, I like. It, it seems to me like it's the kind of redesign that well, I can how's get behind. It, how's it going to go five, six years if they start it on their channel and then don't start it on their channel anymore? And then they go to Cartoon Network. 
I should say there's an interesting thing going on if you're ca- if you're caught up with Torchwood, not to give any spoilers, but there's a plot. No, I'm not giving you any spoilers. There's a plot line going on that is uh, I hadn't realized until embarrassingly I, I went on Wikipedia that is um, borrowing thematically and using vocabulary from the Chronicles of Thomas Covenant, the Unbeliever. Oh, and so really? well, this is for Rick. This is for Rick. So it's an excuse for Torchwood fans. Go back and read that, Stephen, I, which is one of my favorites. I forced myself to read that trilogy once. Yeah. They're using uh, – there's uh, there's an entity that speaks in all the – that uses the words oh, of – Oh, really? And then it ties in to, to, to the character. So if you are a fan of the Chronicles of Thomas Covenant, the Unbeliever, which I admit, he started – he just did a third – he started a third. And yeah. I started reading that and I go, wow, this wasn't as fun as I remember. But I had fond memories in junior high of reading It was that. never fun. I enjoyed it quite a bit. Your major character is a, is a, a leper. leper. Is a cynical leper. I think Goodson would enjoy it. I'm now actually going to stop watching Torchwood because of this. Yeah, no, I know not. they were no. trying to suck me in, no. all the literary nerds, but I'm going to stop watching Torchwood. That's not going to happen. True. Well, that's all that I have this week, you guys know. So uh, there we go. I, if you have any questions, comments, complaints... Editor at fanboyplanet.com. Also, let's put in a plug for more on life because I'm an egomaniac. And this week, my episode finally goes up. <laughs> you had to plug yourself, didn't I you? I do. Well, I'm plugging you. It's for you, Lon. Yes. All for it's you. It's for both of us. Yes. Derek's episode, episode four, for all you listeners out there. Of can season be, three can of more on life.com. On, it's not your your episode, but your skit is in it. it. Yes, I know. You are officially a guest star of our episode. Raising and it's online tonight it's actually on it's up right now is it so by the time you hear this by the time you hear this it'll probably be off the front page and you won't be able to find it but um no it'll be there you can find it so www.moronlife.com that's m-o-r-o-n-l-i-f-e.com this is derek mccaw editor-in-chief of fanboyplanet.com i'm michael goodson i'm not editor this is lon lopez from moronlife.com check it out we love you this is rick bart snyder Warm up dinner, honey. I'm on the way home. <laughs> Saturday. And remember. Hey, this is Ben Diskin from The Spectacular Spider Man, and uh, I play Eddie Brock in Venom, here reminding you to use your powers only for good. <laughs> This week's podcast is brought to you by Baggage from DC Comics. Available in your shop today. And thanks once again to the great Luke Ski for use of his music in this podcast. Visit Luke Ski at www.lukeski.com. I have a dream to play Conan the Barbarian. No. Do I think that any of this is going to make it into the final podcast? So just forget I'm about Jim Hunsu and, and Mephisto will be involved. Yeah. Okay. And I ain't talking about the devil. No. <laughs> Anybody? That's a sex toy joke. All right. Let's continue.
It was. You can edit now that it's out. Just, <laughs> it's just Thank gone. you. Done. I, I appreciate you giving me stuff to edit out. <laughs> Sorry, Rick. Can't tell you how you, much I appreciate you that. You do know he's going out of town for a little business trip. He doesn't have as much time. Be nice. I didn't know that. Sorry. Yeah, well. your comments about lesbians played real good last week. That was awesome. Wait, oh, you, wait you left that in there, I right? I did, didn't It was I? good. Uh, no one complained? All right. Well, then good. You'll find out. <laughs> yeah. So far, no one has. Uh, he saved it because he was just all... I say because there was no way to edit it out. Relax, Rick. Let's get back on topic. Cleansing breath. Okay. Anyway, it's kind of bizarre that... Yeah. So let's move on to comics and see if if I can keep Lon's head above water here. (laughs) You Uh, said head. Did Gary Gygax have anything to do with role-playing in the bedroom? No. Okay, just checking. Dude, what is wrong with I'm you? I'm just though? saying, you said role-playing. What and, you is know, wrong with you? I like to role-play. Uh-huh. Great. He's like a brainstorm. Explains the cheerleader outfit. Uh, yeah, I know. Are you little Bo Peep? <laughs> Not tonight. <laughs> tonight I'm bad cop. Saturday. And remember... Use your powers only, only for, for good. good. I have more. <laughs> that was so sad. No, I have more bumps. It's okay. We've got plenty of celebrity stuff. Oh, I'll, I'll, okay. I'll upload. That's why I didn't. So, uh, check out baggage bumps. from DC Comics. I've got bumps. I've got Spider Man. I got Venom. He even says in his Venom. Wait, voice. wait. Let me do. Let me do a promo. This week's podcast is brought to you by Damage from. I'm no, sorry. <laughs> Damn it. All right, all right, all right. <clears throat> Here we go. You're not funny. Shh. This week's podcast is brought to you by Baggage from DC Comics. Available in your shop today. Perfect. 